the Ark of the Covenant was an important object in the life of the children of Israel as they were wandering in the wilderness. According to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 4, the writer of Hebrews, he says, the Ark of the Covenant contained the golden jar, the golden pot that had manna in it and Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets of the covenant. They were kept in the Ark of the Covenant as the Ark was built and children of Israel, they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant wherever they went. It was designed in a special way, in a particular way as God showed the design to Moses and gave instructions to Moses. The ark was carried by the priests as they were moving forward in the wilderness. History says, the word of God says, there were great victories were won as the ark was carried to the battle friend. It was considered as an object that represents the power of God and also it was an object that refers or represents the presence of God Almighty. If you remember as the feet of the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant as their feet touched the water Jordan parted. As they carried the Ark of the Covenant and came around the city of Jericho the walls of Jericho fell down. That's what the word of God says. And the Ark of the Covenant, it was also a holy object. Anyone other than the priest, if they touched the Ark of the Covenant in an unworthy manner, we found the word from the Word of God, the punishment was instant. There was instantaneous punishment if someone touched the Ark of the Covenant. So it was an object of holiness. It was an object of the power of God. It was an object of the presence of God. And word of God also says wherever the Ark of the Covenant was stored, was kept, blessings came to that house or to that place wherever it was kept. Ark of the Covenant was an important object in the life of Old Testament. Some point of time, the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines. Bible tells us that at the time of the high priest Eli, Philistines fought against the children of Israel and they defeated them. Children of Israel, they were defeated and the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines. You know, losing Ark of the Covenant was a major loss for the children of Israel at that point of time, especially to the high priest Eli. And word of God says, it was a major loss that Eli lost his both of his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Both of them died in that battle. Word of God also says in 1 Samuel chapter 4 verse 15, Eli was 98 years old and his eyes were so dim that he could not see. Now hearing the news that the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines and also listening to the death of two of his sons, the 98 year old Eli fell off the seat backward and by the side of the gates and his neck was broken and he died. He was 98 and he was ruling as a judge for 40 years the land of Israel. 
Ark of the Covenant was an important object. Philistines thought they had captured the Ark of the Covenant and they were expecting blessings to come through through the Ark of the Covenant as they were keeping it in their land. But word of God says, God sent plagues upon Philistines. Now when David gained victory over the Philistines, word of God says he brought the Ark of the Covenant into the city of the city of David and he kept the Ark of the Covenant in the midst of the tabernacle. Ark of the Covenant, now once it was with the Philistines, now it is brought back to the city of the city of David and it is kept in the tabernacle of God. We read that in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And word of God says, the history says, later on the Ark of the Covenant was kept in the temple built by Solomon. Now as the history goes, when Babylon, Babylonians, when they came to capture Jerusalem, they came to the city of Jerusalem and they plundered the city of Jerusalem. They plundered the temple of God and the Ark of the Covenant probably was taken by Nebuchadnezzar and destroyed. We don't see the Ark of the Covenant anymore in the word of God. David, when he brought back the Ark of the Covenant into the tabernacle, we can read that story in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 and chapter 17. What of God says, when he brought the Ark of the Covenant, David was standing in front, of the, in, in front of the Ark of the Covenant. As the procession was moving forward, David was, David was dancing. And if you remember, Saul's daughter, she was saying that David was stand, uh, dancing in such a manner that she despised him in her heart. David was so thankful that he got the Ark of the Covenant. In fact, he, he gave burnt offerings and he gave peace offerings to God Almighty, thanking him that the Ark of the Covenant has come back to his city. Not only that, David also wrote a song of thanksgiving. That's what we see in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. And he wrote a beautiful song of thanksgiving and he gave it to the musicians to sing. Ark of the Covenant was a very, very important object in the life of a child of God. Now, by looking at all these things, David realized that the Ark of the Covenant is in the tent. It's in the tabernacle. He thought in his mind, I want to build a temple for God so that the Ark of the Covenant can be taken into the temple of God. So he visited prophet Nathan and he told his plan. That I am planning to build the temple of God. And prophet Nathan told. In, we read that in 1st Chronicles chapter 17. Then Nathan said to David. Do all that is in your heart. For God is with you. And he sent him with peace. But then spirit of God came upon the prophet again. And he told Nathan. That you go and tell David. That he is not going to build my temple. He is not going to build the temple of God. We read that story in 1st Chronicles 17. Let's get down to some scriptures here. Let's read from verse 7 to verse 20. 1st Chronicles chapter 17 verse 7. Now therefore thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. First Chronicles 17, 7. 
And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And have made you in a name like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Verse 9, moreover I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, also I will subdue all your enemies. Furthermore, I tell you that the Lord will build you a house. And it shall be when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up your seed after you, who will be of your sons. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build my, me a house and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his, fa be his father and he shall be my son and I will not take my mercy away from him as I took it from him who was before you refers to Saul verse 14 and I will establish him in my house and in my kingdom forever and his throne shall be established forever according to all these words and according to all this vision so Nathan spoke to David verse 16 then King David went in and sat before the Lord and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O God. And you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. And have regarded me according to the rank of man of high degree, O Lord God. What more can David say to you for the honor of your servant? For you know your servant. O Lord, for your servant's sake and according to your own heart, you have done all these great things in making known all these great things. O Lord, there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. You know, that was the cry of David. God was telling David that I understand you are concerned about building a temple for me, but you have shed too much blood. And he have made great wars. So you shall not build the temple. In fact your son is going to build the temple. But David was not just left alone. God wanted him to realize where he came from. What he is going to do with him. And what he is doing with him now. And what God is about to do in the future of David. You know God... Is reminding about our past. He's also talking to us today about the situation we are living today in. And God is also telling us about our future. God is revealing his plan and even he is concerned about the descendants of David. You know at times we feel that God has done everything in our generation but that's not true. God has something more to do with our descendants. A true child of God always has something to tell about his past. A true child of God has always something to tell about the present. A true child of God has always something has something to tell about the future. 
the past a story about how God brought me out of that situation the present how God is leading me today how he is taking care of my family and about the future what God is about to do in my life what God is about to do in my church you know that's how we move forward as we face the end of the year as we face the beginning of the year a child of God is not always worried about the past or is not always worried about the present he's always he has the revelation about the future what God is about to do in my life in the coming future as God spoke to David I believe God is speaking to us today it was prophetic for David and I believe that it is prophetic even today for us as we listen to these words. First of all, let's read verse 7 of 1 Chronicles verse chapter 17. Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold. Here God is reminding David about his past. And God is telling him, I took you from the sheepfold. You are following the sheep. I took you from the sheepfold. You know, in those days, it was a big thing to work in an army, to work as a soldier. But it was a very low thing to work as a shepherd. You know, shepherds cannot mingle with other people in the society. They live, because most of the time they live with the animals. They eat with the animals. They smell like animals. You know, if you remember, you know, David was a shepherd boy at that point of time. He was living with the animals, literally. And his body was smelling like animal. His garments were smelling like animal. At times, even shepherds, they lose speech. If you think about Moses going behind those sheep for 40 long years, when God called him, he couldn't even speak. He lost his speech. You know, shepherd's life is such a life. They always live with animals. They deal with animals. They don't even mingle with people. God was reminding David, I took you from the sheepfold. You are following the sheep. I called you out of it. I called you from that situation. Do we remember from where we came? To what we are today. Have you ever think about that? Have you ever thought about it? Where we came from? You know those who are more than able. More able than us today. You know they couldn't hear the call of God. But you and I could hear the call of God. And we are willing to follow God Almighty. And God has placed us today in the position we are in. God was reminding David from where he came. And God is telling him, I took you out of the sheepfold, you are following sheep, and now to become, to be a ruler over my people Israel. He is just looking, prophet Nathan is standing in front of David and he is telling him, have you ever imagined that one day you are going to become a king of this nation? You know, we can understand when a shepherd is lifted to a, such a position of ruling that nation, it could be God. It is God. Man cannot achieve that. Man cannot do it. It is God. Psalm 75 verse 7 says, But God is a judge. He puts down one and he exalts another. 
He puts down one, he exalts another. You know, even if we study the book of Daniel, that's what we find out. You know, God Almighty, he brings one low and he exalts somebody else. Our God is such a God. Do we realize that? It's not our ability today that we stand. It is God. You know, I believe as we come closer to the end of the year, God wants us to realize that. It's none of our ability that we are today in. It is God Almighty. It is God Almighty. You know, I think about that often. You know, I used to think about it as uh, Brother Rai was sharing yesterday. You know, the way they came to this nation and the way God has established them in this nation today. I used to think about it even. You know, I was in my life, if I can turn back a little bit, and you know, I can talk about a little bit about me today. So uh, I turned back, and at the age of five and a half, I was separated from my parents. I started living with my grandparents. The reason is because we didn't have proper education in the place where my parents were. And I remember until, the, until my fifth grade, I used to study most of the time in the streetlights. We had kerosene lamps because there was no electricity at home. We had kerosene lamps and we had lanterns. And we used to study using that. Or at times, you know, I go out and sit in, you know, sit at the, uh, the street lamp. And as children together, we used to study. And I studied in the government school until my 10th grade. Was not able to speak one sentence in English. You know, until I finish my 10th grade on my own. Of course, I need to recite, I need to memorize that English because that was a subject. And never prayed in English until the age of 40. Never prayed in English. Never preached in English as I learned the Bible only in my native language. Never dreamt that I will ever preach in English. Today, if I think about it, it's not many years, maybe five, six years. And if I think about it, it is none of my ability. It is God. It is God. You know, I realize it. I understand it. I, I'm sure about it. It is God. Nathan was reminding David and telling David, it is none of your ability that you are in today. You are behind the sheep and I brought you out of that situation and now you are made as a king to rule this nation. God wants us to think about it where we came and to realize that it is God today. He is at work in our lives. You know, God really doesn't want golden vessels, as we say. He only needs yielded vessels. God doesn't really look for golden vessels. God doesn't really look for perfections. All that God wants is just you and me. Just raw you and me as we are. God was reminding David that he was asking him to turn back and he see his past. Secondly, in verse 8, God telling about his present. He told him, I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you and have made you a name like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Secondly, God is telling him about his present. I have been with you. David knew that, what God is talking about. God has been with David. What a testimony it was. The little boy who defeated Goliath. 
He did so because God was with him. It is true that he killed the lion and he killed the bear because God was with him. Otherwise he could not have done that. And David knew that very well to his, to his heart that it was God. It was God. You know, some of the situations that we have gone through in our lives today reminds us that it was God. God was with us. God was with us. You know, I really thank God that God has been with us in our lives during the past in many situations that we have gone through. If God was not with us, probably, you know, we would have drowned so deep, so miserably in our lives. But God was with us in all the situation that we have gone through. David knew that to his heart. And God was about to tell him. And he told him that I have cut off all your enemies. I have cut off all your enemies. And the word of God says when the enemy comes like a flood. The spirit of God raises a banner against him. When the enemy comes like a flood, attacking us, trying to attack us, what of God says, the Spirit of God raises a banner against him. You know, what does it mean? At times, you know, we read that word, read the scripture, but we don't understand it. Because we probably, we don't know it. Things are happening in our in the spiritual realm. That when things come against our lives, we don't realize it because we don't know it. You know, today the question of many is, I mean, I'm living a good life. I don't see any trouble in my life. I don't see accidents coming in my life. I don't see sickness coming on my way. I am good. People think that, you know, they are completely taken care they, in, on this earth. But, you know, they fail to realize the fact that we don't know it because God protects us before it happens. I don't see an accident because God protected me before I got into an accident. How do I know that, you know, God is protecting me? We believe it and we move forward. And here God is telling him, I have been with you. I have been with you. Secondly, God is telling him, I have cut off all your enemies. I have cut off all your enemies. You know, when the enemy is coming against us, God is right there to prevent him from attacking us. I remember Joshua. Joshua chapter 23 verse 9. God says, For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. Joshua chapter 23 verse 9. You know, when enemy comes against us, God says, I have cut off all your enemies. Are there enemies to us today? Yes. Can I see a witness? Are there enemies to us? Yes, we have enemies. If no one else on this earth, we know for sure the devil is our enemy. And he works through people today in our lives, against our lives. And word of God says, God was telling David, I have cut off all your enemies. You know, if someone is rising against us, probably in our workplace, have you seen God will transfer him? God will transfer her? If somebody is rising against God's children, probably, I'm not saying it, but you know, that's what happens. Probably he or she may be the, in the number one in the list to be laid off. You know, when something happens against the child of God, God doesn't keep quiet at all. He's at work. 
It's not our wish. But that's how God does things. It's not that we want something bad happen to someone. But that's what happens to his life. You know, think about those who are rising against us. We don't see them anymore in our lives. We don't see them anymore in our lives. For some reason, we don't see them in our lives. We don't know where they are. But it is our wish that they may be blessed. It is our wish that they may do well. But you know what? how God works? If somebody is rising against you, somebody is rising against the child of God, God doesn't sit quietly. God doesn't sit quietly. God is at work. And God is telling David, I have cut off all your enemies. Don't you realize that? As you go through your life at this point of time, don't you realize that I have cut off all your enemies? I have given you freedom to walk. I made you as a king of this nation that you are able to walk in freedom today. And thirdly, God is telling about his presence. He is saying that I have made your name like the name of the great men. God is simply telling him, I have given you honor and prestige. I have given you honor and prestige. You know, the honor and prestige that really comes from the Lord. Honor and prestige really comes from the Lord. Now, I remember when I resigned from my job in the Department of Health, when the resignation was officially announced to the by my project director he made a statement which I remember and he told we are losing Malin but we can never replace him and I just thank God it's an honor from God it's not our ability it's an honor from God you know when God honors us we are right there to take the honor we don't want to say that no I don't want to take the honor when God exalts us we are right there to accept that honor that God gives us. But we give the glory to God. We praise Him. You know, when God lifts us up, when God honors us, when God makes others known that he or she is a child of God, we need to go for it. We need to go for it. You know, we don't want to, you know, humble ourselves saying that, Lord, I don't want it. I don't deserve all these things. I don't want this. No, we want to go for it when God honors us. But when we try to exalt ourselves, when we try to do things by ourselves, we fail. But when God exalts us, we flourish. You know, that's what we see in the life of David. As God was exalting him, as God was honoring him, you know, God is now again reminding him, saying that, I have made your name like the name of great men. David, he was moving behind, he was going behind the sheep, and God established his name, and he was, he made his name known to all the globe, and today we are talking about his name. It is an honor from God. Now finally, God is telling him about his future. Verse 9. He says, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people, Israel. I will appoint a place for my people, Israel, and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. They may dwell in the place of their own and they may move no more. You know, if, it, if I turn back 2013, some of us have been tasked here and there in the last year, in the past year. You know, in our lives, probably we want to settle down in one place. You know, that's what is our desire. That's what we expect to do. 
without really talking about you know settling down maybe in a home or physically but you know in so many areas in our lives we want to settle down but God looked at David on the day and he said I will appoint a place for my people I will plan them and they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more you know that's what's the word of God and I believe that word is true for you and me today you know some of us are looking for a settlement in our lives some of us are looking for a place so that we can just settle down and breathe take a deep breath you know some of us are really looking for that to happen in our lives but God is telling us as we are coming to an end of this year God is telling us that I'm going to do that I'm about to do that in your life and I remember when we came to Halifax we realized that it was our ninth move since our marriage we lived in nine houses you know before that and when when we I'm sure it's the same with you too some of you too but you know what God made us to dwell in the place of our own and I believe it's a promise for to you and me even though we are talking about in the physical sense but there are many areas in our lives that we are looking for a place to settle down there are spiritual battle that we encounter every day we are trying to look for a settlement there are things that we deal with in our family with our family members in our household that we are looking for a settlement and God is telling you and me today that I will bring forth that settlement in your life I want you I want to plant you that you will not move anymore secondly God is telling them God is telling David concerning his future no more oppression of the wicked end of verse 9 nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore as previously who is oppressing us today who is oppressing us today you know some of some of the challenges that we have faced during last year it's like an oppression that came upon our lives and word of God says in the coming year God is going to release us from those oppressions of the wicked one you know at times wickedness the wicked ones wicked one the way he works he works through the life of people those who are so near to us so dear to us he brings things in our lives to put us down to oppress us it may be in our family it may be in the church it may be in our workplace it may be in our society exactly David experienced that as he was running away for his life from the hands of Saul he will realize that what God is talking to him now and God told him very specifically nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress you anymore as previously it means that previously it has happened in his life and God is telling him now I'm going to release you from those oppressions of the enemy and you will not see them anymore what of God says those who come against us in one way they will flee before us in seven ways that's what God what God wants to do us do to us in the coming year then he says I will subdue all the enemies verse 10 says since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people of Israel also I will subdue all your enemies you know today people talk about against us and God is telling 
us that he is going to shut their mouth. You know, today people are trying to tell various things about us and God is telling us, I'm going to subdue, I'm going to bring them under control. They can't keep doing it anymore. They can't keep telling those things anymore. God is telling us, I'm going to put an end to all these things that's going on today. I'm going to subdue all your enemies. At times we feel that people are roaring against us. But God is telling that I am telling us that I am in control. I am in control. Just hold on to me. Do not worry about your situation. When people rises against you, do not worry about it. When things are you know, very adverse towards you, do not worry about it. Just hold on to me. Because I am about to subdue all your enemies. You know, most of the time, the enemy, our enemy is our, the devil. Today, he is threatening us by bringing certain situation in our lives. And he allows us to go through that experience. Probably God is silent at times in our lives. As we go through such an experience in our lives, you know, we are kind of threatened in our lives. You know, when someone is challenged, when someone is threatened, we lose our abilities, we lose our strength, we lose hope, and fear comes and grips our lives. An enemy really enjoys it. He just laughs over us, thinking that you know he's, he was just following God, and now this is what is going on in his life. But you know what? Our God doesn't allow that to continue forever. He puts those things to a stop at some point of time in our lives. As God was telling David, I will subdue all your enemies. I will put them under control. I will take them, not against you, away from you and finally God is telling him I will build a house for you David had his houses his own houses he built already you know that was the concern in his mind then I have I'm living in my own house but I want to build a temple to God I want to build a temple of God he had houses but now at the end of verse 10 he says that the Lord will build you a house Lord will build you a house. I believe God is not just referring a house. God is referring to a royal dynasty. God is referring to a royal generation coming forth from his life. God is going to make you as a ruler of the kingdom of God. God is about to make him as a ruler to rule over the kingdom. The house of God. The house of God. Do you believe one secret? Do you believe that truth today? That it's not that we are going to live with the Lord, reign with the Lord in the thousand years reign. We are reigning with the Lord even today. Because what of God says in 1 Peter 2.9, what of God talks about the kingship and the priesthood that God has given to each and every one of us. Even as we live on this earth, you know, we are kings. We are kings. God is, is asking us to take the kingship and rule as we live on this earth. How do we do it? We can do it in the kingdom of God. We can do it in the vineyard of God. That God is asking us to rule over things even today as we live on this earth. Because the kingship is in our lives. As the priesthood is in every one of, our, in every one of the believers. The kinghood is kingship is in our lives. And God is asking us to rule. 
When God spoke to David concerning the house that he is going to build him, God is about to tell him that you are going to rule the nation and your children are going to rule the nation. But today God is telling us that he is building a house for us here, a rulership that God has given to us to rule in his kingdom. You know, God wants us to take that kingship and rule over the powers of darkness today. To take control over the powers of darkness today. To lead many more into the kingdom of God. God is asking us to take that kingship and move forward. God is asking us to work in his kingdom. You know, as we read all these things, as the Lord Spirit of God spoke to David on the other day, I believe he is revealing certain things to us this morning. He said, I will appoint a place for you. I don't want you to wander around every time in your life. No more oppression is going to come on your way. I'm going to subdue all your enemies. I want you to rule as a king. I want you to live as a king. I want you to rule in my kingdom as I establish my kingdom on this earth. You know, if we rule with him today, and we will continue to rule with him as he comes back into this world during the thousand years reign, and in the eternal kingdom of heaven. And today God is asking us to take the step of faith as he opens up our future in front of our own eyes. God is asking us to move forward. You know what David did after listening to all this? We read that in verse 16. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and he said who am I O Lord God and what is my house that you have brought me this far he was humbling himself in the front of, in front of God and he was asking God who am my Lord after all who am my Lord that you are so mindful of me you are so mindful of me you know, the moment God told him that you are not going to build a temple, probably, you know, his spirit would have gone down, so dropped down, you know, so deep. But you know what God did? God asked him to turn back to his past. And he showed him the way God brought him up to this current situation, what he is in today. And God promised him so many things that's about to happen in the future. And as he was humbling himself, we realized God was lifting him up. God was lifting him up and before he closes this his conversation with the Lord he says in verse 30 oh Lord there is none like you nor is there any God besides you you according to all that we have heard with our ears you know we come to a realization come to a conclusion there is none like you oh God there is nobody else can understand me the way you understood me and the way you know about me and today as the Lord speaks to you, shall we just close our eyes?